Well, we started a new series this morning at the 9, 11, and 2.30 on uh, the prophet Joel, and we'll be going through the book of the prophet Joel together in the mornings. But tonight, on Sunday evenings, we try and sort of like have a little bit more of a prophetic ministry edge in the evenings. And um, today I want to speak to you on the subject of the keys of the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. And so uh, we'll start in Matthew chapter 16, Matthew 16. Now, if you've brought any keys with you tonight, I want you to take them out and wave them at me. Any keys at all, just take them out. And just, I want to see your keys. Rattle them, show me upstairs. No, I'm serious, get your keys out. All right. Now, all right, we can do this all night. Now, <laughs> it's a new form of worship, key, key ministry to the Lord. You're liking it, you're loving it. Right, now, look at your keys. What have you got on your key fob? And uh, what keys do these open? Maybe you've got a car key, or maybe you've got a flat key for your flat, or maybe you've got a key for work. Maybe you've got an electronic key on it uh, so that you can go to work. All of these keys that you have, every one of us, I think, tonight brought some sort of keys. And these keys can open and give you access to places that people without those keys cannot access. Also, these keys can shut things. You can lock doors uh, so that other people can't access. So it's amazing how many times a day we use some sort of key. A key to gain access, a key to block access. In all its forms, electronic keys, car keys, house keys, all the type of keys that you might think, locker keys, all of these things. Well, here in Matthew 16, Jesus speaks about some keys, and these keys are kingdom keys. Matthew chapter 16, and uh, let's start from verse 15. Jesus saying, who are people saying that I am? And some say this, and some say the other. And then he says, but who do you say I am to his 12? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it or prevail. Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. So here we see that there is a revelation that comes to Peter, the foundational revelation of the Christian church that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, and the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. And I say that you are Peter, which means pebble, 
but upon this rock, this rock of revelation, of knowing who Jesus is, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, isn't it interesting? Jesus speaks about the keys in regard to building the church and the gates of hell not prevailing against the church. We have gates and we have keys. Later on, we'll see in Revelation that Jesus refers to himself as the one who has the keys of the kingdom and the keys of death and Hades. So there again in Revelation, when we go to it, we see these keys and also the idea of hell and death. One of these, uh, the great things that we can see here is that Jesus is going to build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, and, God, and he will give his disciples, this is the general you, not a singular you, to Peter, he'll give them the keys of the kingdom. It's interesting, we talk about these keys. I live just outside London in a place called Chalfont St. Peter. Chalfont St. Peter. And right now, if you go up the main high street of where I live, all the shops have flags out. Because this weekend, they were celebrating the Feast of St. Peter. And they go up on the common and they have bands. And the local church, Gold Hill, uh, Gold Hill Baptist, is out there doing a great job ministering to people. And they're celebrating the Feast of St. Peter because the place is called Chalfont. St. Peter. But all these uh, shops, they all of them, every single one of them have these flags that are out right now. And on them, you see the crossed keys. You may know that the symbol of the Pope in the Roman Catholic Church is crossed keys. Because there came to be an erroneous idea that the Pope holds the keys of heaven and hell. Uh, this is why the, Re uh, the Reformation was so important. And in your Revival Times today, I did a short article on the beginning of the Reformation with Luther to prepare us for our Luther Conference that's going to be taking place later on in October. And one of the things that triggered the Reformation was when Luther, who was a priest and a lecturer at the university, heard somebody selling indulgences. Now, these indulgences, they were like pieces of paper. And the idea was that if you gave the Pope money, then you would get an indulgence and he would forgive some of your sins or all of your sins, depending on how much you paid. And you could even pay for him to forgive the sins of your friends or family that had already died, so they wouldn't have to stay in purgatory. The idea that the Pope had the monopoly on releasing the forgiveness of sins into the earth or not, a misunderstanding of this passage. But it's a wonderful idea that the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God, and that we as the disciples of Jesus carry delegated authority. I like the idea of the gates of hell and us having the kingdom keys to unlock, as it were, this is symbolic, to unlock the gates of hell and to do what Reinhard Bonnke always used to say was his aim, to populate heaven from plundering hell, to unlock the gates, if you like, that keep people away from the kingdom of God and free them into kingdom power. I always remember Wynne Lewis, who used to be the senior minister of Kensington Temple just before Colin, and he was still the senior minister when I joined the Bible school here. And he always spoke 
are often spoke on how to build church right where you are. And he used to say, you know, you need to find the right kingdom key for you to unlock the situation of kingdom growth that God wants to bring to you. So many times I would see him address church leaders, and perhaps there's some church leaders that are here tonight or watching tonight, and Wynne would say to you, whatever situation you find yourself in church, you need to seek the Lord for the right key. And when God gives you the right key, that key will unlock your growth. It will unlock your destiny. You know, sometimes when we go to ministerial conferences, uh, we have all these people giving testimonies about how they grew their church this way, or how they grew their church that way, or this course, or, 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 or this thing that worked for them. And one of the dangers is, as a church leader, is that you look at somebody that had seeming success in, in one way of doing things. Maybe it was going out in the streets prophesying. Maybe it was a particular type of course. Maybe it was a particular outreach or a style of music. And, and they talk about how God gave them the growth. And the danger is, as a leader, that you think, oh, I, I need that. And you end up copying what they are doing, assuming that what they did, if it worked for them, must work for you. I tell you what, leaders of churches will travel halfway around the world, and believe me, they will travel halfway around the world to go to a place that is experiencing the blessing of God and go to find out what the secret key is. But you know, you can end up chasing your tail doing that, because wherever you are, whoever you are, if you're leading a congregation or a work of God, you have to seek the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what is the key of the kingdom for me in this place. And it might be the same as somebody else, but it might be radically different. For one church, the key might be given to them by the Lord for growth that, that is to do an outreach, perhaps to have a crash and the community come in and then people begin to get saved. But for someone to reproduce that without hearing the, the word of the Lord, it may be the wrong key. It would like you be coming to me and say, I have a beautiful house, Bruce. It's so wonderful. And this is the key to the be this beautiful house. And then me saying, well, can I have your key, please? And I'll find myself a beautiful house and unlock. You'll say, oh, no, this key is for this particular house. And so when we're looking for growth or for God's plan under our care, we should be asking, as Wynne used to say, find out what the kingdom key is. The kingdom key to unlock the blessing of God in the situation that you're in in the present time. And sometimes keys change. Keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound already in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth, verse 19, shall have been loosed in heaven. So this isn't going around with a set of kingdom keys, just whatever way you want, unlocking whatever you want and, and saying, well, I've got the keys of the kingdom now, so I can demand from God that he unlocks this. Demand from God that he locks this and I can just do whatever I want because I've been given the keys. No, what you unlock on earth has already been unlocked in heaven. What you lock, if I can use that phrase, on earth has already been locked in heaven. So what does this mean? It means a close relationship with the Lord. It means a close relationship to the Word and also to the Spirit. 
so that you are aware of what God is doing. And when he chooses to lead you in that direction, you'll know that if God wants you to do it, if God has given you a key, then it's already done in heaven. Isn't this what we pray? Your will be done and your kingdom come on earth. Well, how? Any way that we want it? No. Your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And what I'm saying is that often God will tell us as it is in heaven. If we seek him and seek his glory, he will, uh, in his own way, in his own time, drop keys, if I can put it like that, from heaven into our hands. Prophetic leadings, intuitions, understandings, strategies. These are keys that God can drop into our hands. And when we recognize these keys, then what we can do is begin to use these keys of authority to unlock the kingdom of God on earth as God has already willed it. Didn't Jesus say, who could have done anything on his own steam, he said, I don't do anything on earth unless I first see my Father in heaven doing it. I don't say anything unless I first heard it from my Father when he but when he got the key from the Father, then he put the key in the keyhole to unlock situations, unlock people who were oppressed by the enemy, unlock people that were diseased of all sicknesses. As it was in heaven, he then demonstrated on, on the earth. We see later on in Matthew, Matthew 18 and 18. Um, Matthew 18, 18. Again, said, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven. Or let me put it in the terms of the keys. Whatever you lock on earth shall have been locked in heaven. And whatever you unlock on earth shall have been unlocked in heaven. Again, I say to you, that if any two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done by for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. If two and three agree on anything, then my Father will do it for them. Now, when it says when two or three agree on anything, it doesn't mean anything we like, anything we want. Uh, otherwise, we could sit down and you could bring your wish list and I could bring my wish list and the three of us, we could have whatever we want. It's not saying whatever you want, but this is assuming that we are hearing from God and praying in God's will. But if two or three of us do agree pertaining to God's will and agree in prayer, what are we doing? We will unlock that which we're praying in God's will to in his right timing come onto the earth. These keys of the kingdom are used very powerfully through our prayer life when we're praying in the Spirit and according to the will of God. I'd like us now to go to Isaiah 22, because I want to speak a little bit more about the nature of these keys. Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 22. The context here is that uh, Isaiah is prophesying over some key royal officials. And uh, the first thing he does is, is prophesy over a man called Shebna in verse 15. 
Now, this man in verse 15, Shebna, who's in charge of the royal household, he has been using his authority for his own selfish gain. He's been using his authority to build himself a huge big tomb so that when he dies, he'll never be forgotten. He's using his authority for selfish means. And Isaiah prophesies that God is going to get him and God is going to bring him down and depose him from his office and replace him with somebody else. And that's where we come to Isaiah chapter 22, verse 20. That's where I'll I'll, I'll read from. Then it will come about in that day that I will summon my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your tunic and tie your sash, Shakuli, about him. And I will entrust him with your authority. And he will become a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Then I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. I will drive him like a peg in a firm place, and he will become a throne of glory to his father's house. Isn't that interesting? I'll give him the key of the house of David on his shoulders. When What he opens, no one will shut, and what he shuts, no one will open. You see, when you were rattling your keys earlier on, uh, your keys can normally fit in your pocket or in your handbag. But in ancient times, uh, the, the key holder, or the one that held the keys of the kingdom, was usually the prime minister or the high-ranking official in the royal household who would act on behalf of the king in all things. And he was given the key of the kingdom. And so here we see that this, this, this man... Um, Elikim is going to be given the key of the house of David, the royal house of David. Now, keys in those times, they weren't the size that we used. Uh, They were the key that opened the gate to the city of the kingdom. And these were normally very big beams. That's why it says that I will set the key of his house of David on his shoulder. I mean, it doesn't make sense today, does it, if these were the keys? There we are. Doesn't make much sense. Just stick them in my pocket. But you can imagine this key uh, on his shoulder, and he's carrying that around symbolically uh, to show the type of power that he has. The power to open the gates of the kingdom for people to come in, and the power to shut the gates of the kingdom so that people stay out. This opening and shutting of the kingdom doors, out of this, all other authority was available to him to use it. You know, this has echoes of the prophecy over Jesus also in Isaiah, that the government will be upon his. Yeah, what does it mean the government will be on his shoulders? It means that he will be carrying the keys of the kingdom of God. Now, let's go to the final passage in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. Revelation 1, well, let's read from 17. John, the apostle, sees the resurrected Lord, and he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last 
and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Go to Revelation 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one who opens, says this. You see, the keys of the kingdom speak about divine delegated authority. Well, obviously, Jesus, uh, his, his authority was delegated to him the fa- to the Father. He says, all authority has been given to me under the earth and in heaven and on the earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. And then Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, delegates keys. He delegates keys of gifting to human beings for the sake of the kingdom. He delegates special anointings or empowerings to people for the benefit and the authority of releasing the kingdom. You are a key in God's hands on the earth today. We're not just looking for kingdom keys for situations or circumstances, but we are keys that God uses on the earth to unlock situations for the kingdom and to lock and forbid the works of the enemy. Wherever God has placed you in life, you are a key in the kingdom. Whatever neighborhood you live in, you're a key in the neighborhood of the kingdom of God. Uh, Wherever you work or study, God has placed you there as a key to release through prayer and the leading of the Lord to unlock lives that are trapped by death and Hades and to bring them into salvation and to bring God's kingdom of influence into situations through the authority of prayer and God's empowering or anointing upon your life. You are a key to open many doors for the kingdom. Amen. Now, How do these keys work? Well, they work as many ways as God wants them. How many keys are there in the world today? You need the right key for the right door. Uh, Have you ever been there late at night and it's dark and you try and open your door and you're using the wrong key? And you're using the wrong key and you're using the wrong key. And it's always the last key that you try and all of a sudden it opened. Specific keys for specific situations to unlock them. Sometimes God can give us a prophetic leading, a rhema word. I sometimes call these rhema words a specific word in a situation from God for us as sticky words. What are sticky words? They're they're impressions. They're perhaps scriptures that come to mind during a circumstance that you're facing and you're not sure what to do. You've got a meeting that you need to go to. You don't know what to say. You're going through a trial and you're not sure how to deal with it. And then as you pray and seek God for wisdom, remember God says if anybody lacks wisdom in a difficult time, ask and God will eventually give you the wisdom or the key to be able to unlock the trial and to go forward until that trial ends. And these sticky words sometimes come to you. It could be in prayer. God, you feel impression on your heart and it's in line with the scripture and and the love of God. Or someone 
gives you a prophetic word and it's lined with the scripture and it somehow fits, it resonates in your heart. It sticks to you. Now, this doesn't happen all the time, uh, but I've had a number in my life of what I call sticky words, rhema words, keys that God has given to me. Sometimes it's a prayer line that God gives you. You ever had a prayer line? Have you ever prayed for somebody or a situation and all of a sudden you just get this prayer line? You just keep praying down this avenue. You just get this intuition or this leading to pray in this way about that situation. And you just know that God is on it. And you just keep praying that prayer line. I've had sentence prayer lines for the Lord that I've prayed for months and months and months. i prayed about it in many ways, but there's something on this specific phrase, this specific scripture that God has given me as a key to pray through this situation. And it's strong and it won't go away. God is on it and it's in line with his word and his wisdom and I'm praying it and that's the key I keep praying key I keep praying. I've had prayer lines for individuals. I've got prayer lines for individuals. They don't even know that when I pray for them, I have a prayer line. They don't need to know. But God has given me a prayer line for some of them. And whenever I pray for them, whatever else I pray, this prayer line is so strong in my heart that I pray it for them. Why? It's a key to release the kingdom of God into their lives and their circumstances. It's a rhema word. It's a key. God will give you that key. But if he doesn't give you a rhema word or a key, there are, all re- there are default keys that you can use for any situation. And what are those? They are the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom that comes from above. When you don't know what to do in a situation, what do you do? When God hasn't given you a specific leading yet or a rhema word or an impression that, that you can take as a key and unlock in prayer or a, or a wisdom of how to act and you know it's from the Lord, what to do, what to say, what not to say, what not to do and God is leading you. What if none of these things happen? Well, then you continue to deal with your circumstances by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You act in love. You act in patience. You act in peace. You act in generosity of heart. Uh, you think the best of others. Uh, you, you don't fly off the handle, but, but you make sure that, that you are reined in and that you are ready for action. You go with a gentle, humble spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, these are keys that you can use at any time in the absence of a specific key that God might give you. Seek earnestly the gifts, a word of wisdom. When God drops something into your heart and you couldn't see the light for the dark, you just couldn't see a way out, but suddenly click, everything appears with clarity. You can see clearly now the clouds have gone. It's a word of wisdom. Or a word of knowledge, God gives you an insight that you haven't seen before. Or a prophetic word, these can be used by God as the keys of the kingdom. And they come with great authority. Great authority. These are the keys of the kingdom of God. And God has delegated his authority in heaven to us on the earth. Now, if we don't have the right key from God, well, you can try and open that situation all you like. It won't work. And sometimes it is trial and error. 
I've been in situations where, where, where I've tried things, thought it was the Lord and I was wrong. But I did it in good faith. I was learning, thought it was the Lord and I was wrong. Well, God doesn't mind us having a go, stepping out on what we know. It's part of a learning, a learning curve. Do you know what? God has given you permission to fail. In fact, the same uh, pathway that is the pathway of success begins often in the pathway of failure. But you step out with a pure heart as much as you're able, and God will teach you how to handle the keys that he's going to give to you. And by God, we need the keys of the kingdom today. So much of Britain, so, much of, so many people and organizations in Britain are, are, are within the parameters of the gates of hell, ruled by Satan and the powers and what God wants to do is to release fresh Christian authority in the church place, the workplace, the family place, the business place, the finance place, the media place. He wants to release an army of disciples and give them keys of authority, keys of, of, of influence to bring the kingdom to pass. Let's bow our heads in prayer and reflect what keys do you need? What, what keys do you need from the Lord right now? What situations are you, are you facing and you're thinking, Lord, I need a key of authority to open up the potential of the kingdom of God here. Maybe there's an area that you need to shut down. The enemy's running riot. You're in a situation where godlessness is reigning. And you need a key from God prophetically, intercessory, and even practically in order to know how to use God's delegated authority in that particular situation to release and to open the kingdom of God in that area, but also to forbid, to lock down, shut out the works of the enemy. This authority works both ways. This authority of the kingdom of God is to permit and the authority of the kingdom of God is to shut down. It's something that we do according to the word of God, but it's also something that the Holy Spirit wants to engage with us on a one-to-one -one basis. As we walk in the fruit of the Spirit and seek Him, keys are dropping from heaven. Prophetically, I prophesy over your life, the keys of the kingdom of God for you as an individual for every situation that you face, I pray that in God's timing, he will give you the correct key of authority in the intercessory place, in the practical place where you'll get the key and you will unlock the potential of the kingdom of God in that situation or that person. Or you will lock and bind the influence of the enemy in that particular situation or that particular thing. Some of you have already been given keys. Scriptures for particular situations, prayer lines that God has put deep in your heart, prophetic material that's tried and tested in the line with his will and his way. God has already spoken to you. Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight and don't forget the prophecies spoken over you. Why would Timothy forget the prophecies spoken over him? They were the keys to his destiny, keys to his anointing, keys to his ministry. And God at the right time had allowed these keys to come to him as prophecy. 
What about you? What has God spoken to you? Maybe you're still trying to discern what God is speaking to you. That's fine. Keep discerning. Keep asking. Have the worship team on the platform. Let's see if we have some uh, leadings of the uh, Holy Spirit here today. Uh, I see the gentleman uh, with his head in his hands and like a green T-shirt behind over here. Someone give him a nudge. That's right. Yes, you. Um, I believe I have a word, a key for you, something new to weigh and to consider. And uh, what I feel that the Holy Spirit is speaking over, over your life is that the hand of the Lord is upon you. That's what I hear. The hand of the Lord is upon you to be used by God in a very powerful way in the future. And then along with that key that the hand of the Lord is specially upon you for a special work of kingdom power, I also hear the wisdom that is continue to humble yourself before Almighty God. And in due season, he will raise you up for this purpose that he has called you to that I'm not sure what that is. So take that, weigh it. But hold it, it is a key to your destiny, I, 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 I believe. Let's just wait on the Lord right where we are. Maybe God is speaking to you, reawakening, placing back in your hands, perhaps, keys of ministry, keys of calling. Remember, you are a key. People called into specific areas. You've got hearts for, hearts for specific areas. I see people called to children. I see it in this place today. People called to children. You're a key to reach children. I see other people. I see people called to the needy, called to the ostracized. I see people called to the mission field. I see people called to the mission field, someone called to the mission field in Africa to work amongst the needy. I believe that you have roots in Africa. You either come from Africa or you've got family in Africa. You've visited back either where you've come from or where your family come from, and you've seen the need where you've been in Africa, you've seen the need and you've said, you know what, I would like to do something about that. And it's been there and it's simmering. And I'm just saying, if that's you, the Holy Spirit may breathe upon that again. It's a key. You are a key. And may God awaken that call if it's of him again today. And may God make it stronger that if this is a key of the Lord that he's placed in your life, that you're to be a key to unlock blessing amongst many in that area of Africa, wherever that is, uh, then, uh, then, then, then may that be that the word to you, that may that be the word. Someone is, I believe, thinking about a career in the police force. And God, I believe, is saying, if that's you, I'm thinking about Korea and the police force. I believe God is saying that you should pursue that. You should check it out. Why don't you take the key of opportunity? Why don't you apply? Why don't you see if that's the way of the Lord for you? Could it be that that's the place where you are to be a key of the kingdom to unlock his kingdom in, 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 in many, 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 many things? I see instrumentalists. Pick up your instrument, says the Lord. 
pick up your instrument. And I see the idea of you shining it. In other words, you're a bit rusty. You were good at one time, but you're a bit rusty. But you were good at one time and you know it. Pick up that instrument, dust it off. Because God wants to use you and your instrument. I believe in the kingdom of God. I'm just throwing out these leadings to you this evening. And if it strikes you and you think, hey, that's me, then it probably is. If it sticks to you, if it resonates with you, to others it means nothing. But to you, there's something on it. Then you should consider it. Pray it through. See if the Lord is giving you a key. Uh, See if the Lord is giving you a key. There's somebody in a neighborhood. It's quite a tight-knit neighborhood. You're, you're well-known in the neighborhood. You know people. that there's a, It's quite a friendly neighborhood. And God is wanting to use you as a key in that neighborhood. I see perhaps, and maybe this is just my own idea, but I see a group, a cell group there in a neighborhood. It's ripe for a cell group. As I speak to you now, you think, you know what? Yes, there could be a, a group. It could be a seekers group to begin with, a gathering. But yes, yes, I think that in my area, there could be a, a cell group. There could be a gathering. There could be a key in our neighborhood, a cell group, a key to the kingdom growth that, 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 is, that is there, that is there, that is there. I see somebody that has come in to a considerable amount of money in the last three months. Considerable amount of money in the last three months. And part of that money, the Lord wants you to sow. I don't know where or how, ask him. Because part of the key to your ongoing prosperity in the kingdom of God will be this considerable amount that comes into your, has come into your possession in the last three months. God wants you to take a portion of that I don't know. You have to work out what that is with the Lord, and you're to sow it as the Lord leads you. And that will not only put a seal on that considerable amount that the Lord has blessed you with. You say, well, what's the considerable amount? Well, if it's you, you'll know it's you. And you will sow that, and not only will it put a seal on that which the Lord has given to you, but also it will open up doors because you're faithful in hearing the Lord. You're faithful in this interaction with him of utilizing the finances for his kingdom, and God will be able to say, I see. So I can trust you in divine transactions. I can give you wealth and you will use that wealth as I lead you. And I believe that possibly this could open up more opportunities for you to be a holder of wealth in the kingdom. Yes, and that God will make you and some others, I believe, some others, not just you, but some others. God wants to make you kingdom finance key holders. Now, be very careful about whether this applies to you because the rich are held in, 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 in let, me, let, me, let me put it this way, you don't want to be a rich person unless you've died to mammon in the kingdom of God because God deals with rich Christians extremely severely because he's given them much and much will be demanded of them. So it's not just, oh, I'll, I'll have some money, Lord. No. But there are some that are under my sound of my voice that God has got, is positioning, training, 
Some of you, I believe, are even right now, you're in some sort of business school or law school or you're in something that you know will be finance related. You're in training right now. Right now, while you're in training, whether it's in this building or you're watching on the video, uh, on the screen, um, right now, if you're in training for wealth, you know, you know what I'm talking about. If you're in training for wealth, now's the time to set your heart straight when it comes to the things of finance. Because if you set it now, if you, you, some of you I see you taking pieces of paper and writing down the ground rules of what you will do, how you will give, and how you will act when God puts health, uh, wealth into your hands. Some of you, you're going to write down, you need to write down the ground rules now as the Lord speaks to you in the coming days I'm talking about while you're training. Because when that money comes, when that wealth comes, if you have not already set yourself in tune with God's plan for you, that money will ruin you. You'll be far away from the kingdom of God. And then when you go to see the Lord, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes for anything in the world. God is speaking to people today. God is speaking to people today. Well, Father, as we open up the front for prayer, we pray, Lord, that some of these leadings that may have been from you would have hit the target in the right places and that people who you're hitting the target with perhaps in some of these leadings. They wouldn't forget this in a week, but they would write these things down while they're fresh. Go back to the video, hear what was saying, plan, because some of these leadings may well be the keys of the kingdom to unlock their destiny in these areas.